This week's edition of the Detroit Bureau's Headlight News is brought to you by Toyota. As the leader in electrification, we're bringing an all-electric way of thinking to help propel us toward a more sustainable future with the all-new, all-electric BZ4X. Fit for a multifaceted lifestyle, it offers originality that stands out in an urban cityscape, coupled with SUV-like power to take on the adventurous outdoors. Visit toyota.com electrified for more information. This is TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein. Welcome. It was a busy week in the automotive world, and here are some of the big stories we've been covering at TheDetroitBureau.com. For auto buyers, we delivered some great news this past week. For the first time since early in the pandemic, buyers are now paying less than sticker price, at least on average. Automakers are finally lining up the semiconductor chips they need to increase production and refill the dealer pipeline. That doesn't necessarily translate into bargains, however. The average new vehicle buyer still shelled out just over $48,000 last month, about $500 less than in February. But that was still nearly $1,800 more than just a year ago. The Biden administration announced new auto emissions rules this past week, and barring any legal challenges, they could mean nearly two-thirds of the vehicles sold by 2031 will be battery electric. The DetroitBureau.com has a special report looking at whether that target is realistic. Meanwhile, two new studies came out this week showing that more than a third of U.S. motorists are seriously considering buying an EV. But the polls, one from Gallup, the other from Reuters and Ipsos, found a roughly equal number of Americans have no interest in plugging in. While Lincoln delivered solid sales last month, it's been struggling for some time. Ford's upscale sibling needs some solid new products, according to industry analysts anyway, and it may have one coming. Lincoln teased an all-new version of its compact Nautilus SUV, and it features a video screen running the entire width of the instrument panel. We'll get to see more this week when the luxury brand officially unveils the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus in New York. Hyundai continued to amp up its electrification program. The automaker says it'll invest $18 billion in electric vehicles in a bid to become one of the world's three largest EV manufacturers by the end of the decade. It introduced its latest model, the Ionic 6, at the New York Auto Show this month. Seems another startup, Faraday Future, has again delayed deliveries of its long-awaited FF91 EV. First launched more than seven years ago, the project has repeatedly been delayed due to cash problems. Officials claim they built their first saleable cars in March, but now have delayed deliveries for two months. The question is whether they can hold on, since they have barely $30 million in cash left. And finally, we hear a lot about robocabs. But if you're feeling frisky, consider the service planned by a company called Cam Soda. The adult entertainment service wants to offer rides letting passengers video chat with a webcam model. And, well, you can use your imagination of what they might do during that ride. The trip will be free, but passengers will pay for the model's time. Cam Soda aims to launch a service in New York, L.A., Chicago, and other cities, and it says the service will be coming soon. And those are the stories making headlines on thedetroitbureau.com. Now for the week's top story, here's Jeff Sir Schmied. Thanks, Paul. 
In our top story for the week, for the first time in nearly two years, the average price paid for a new vehicle in the United States dropped below the number on the window sticker. Rising inventory levels and increased incentives combined to push the number down in March. The average transaction price fell to $48,008, according to Kelly Blue Book. That's down 1.1%, or about $550, from February's number of $48,558. However, it's still $1,784 more than a year ago. More importantly, the average price was $171 less than the average sticker price. In a time where some minivans are getting additional dealer markups of several thousand dollars, the new number suggests a return to normalcy could be on the horizon. Prices were down across multiple segments, including non-luxury and luxury brands. The average price for a non-luxury vehicle was $44,182, a $505 slide compared to a year ago. There was an outlier, electric vehicles. The average transaction price for EVs was up $313, or 0.5%. KBB.com noted that the average EV sold for $58,940, which is well above the overall average. Auto manufacturer incentive spending rose to the highest level in 12 months at 3.2% of average transaction price. That averaged $1,516 in March. However, buyers continue to pay more than sticker price for new luxury vehicles. In March, the average luxury buyer paid $65,202 for a new vehicle. That was down just $9 from February. From the manufacturer side, luxury cars and luxury full-size SUVs saw price increases between 0.8% and 1.6%. That's our top story. Now, for our review, I spent a week driving the 2023 BMW 330e xDrive plug-in hybrid. This compact four-door luxury sedan is based on the standard 3-series platform, offering comfort, performance, and style at a mid-level price. The base price of $47,895 for the 330e xDrive is right around the average transaction price for a new vehicle in America today. BMW gave the 3 Series a light refresh for 2023, giving the front end a more aggressive and cut look with slimmer headlights, but didn't saddle the 3 Series with their new hog-nose grills. Inside, you'll find the latest in big glass panels that stretch most of the way across the cabin. The single panel houses the 12.3-inch driver information display and an ultra-wide 14.9-inch infotainment screen. One note about the 330e is that you do give up some trunk space compared to the rest of the 3 Series, and that's to accommodate the battery pack. You still get 13 cubic feet of trunk space, which is more than adequate. One of the best things about the 330e compared to other 3 Series is the driveline. The standard 2-liter turbocharged gas engine with an electric hybrid motor delivers 288 horsepower and 258 pound-feet of torque. Paired with the 8-speed automatic transmission and BMW's xDrive all-wheel drive, the 330e does the 0-60 sprint in 5.6 seconds. Also, the plug-in hybrid drive gives you 23 miles of all-electric range. On the road, the 330e offers the best of the BMW experience. The car delivers tight handling, responsive steering, and the smooth, firm ride you expect from a European sports sedan. The bottom line is this. 
you can have an efficient plug-in hybrid and give up nothing in performance or luxury, and you can have it at an affordable price point in the BMW 330e xDrive. Now, here's Mike Strong with a look at the week ahead. Thanks, Jeff. This week kicks off with product news as Volkswagen unveils the all-electric ID.7 sedan Monday morning at 8 a.m. Considered to be the company's new flagship, it's VW's sixth battery electric vehicle, although it will just be the third in the U.S. It follows the ID.4 SUV, which arrived in fall 2020, and the ID Buzz minivan expected later this year. The new model will be sold in Europe first, then China, and is expected to hit the U.S. early next year. Not many details are available, so check early Monday for all the specs. Lincoln follows with the reveal of the new Nautilus SUV in New York later that day. The brand offered a peek at what's to come last Friday, and it seems the trend towards massive touchscreens covering the entire dashboard is coming to the new midsize luxury ute. As part of the media backgrounder for the new vehicle, we interviewed Lincoln's global design director, Kamal Kurek. We'll have that Q&A available on Monday as well. Porsche rounds out the day, the evening really, with the debut of the latest version of the Cayenne at the Shanghai Auto Show. China is Porsche's biggest market, so rolling out the new performance ute there makes sense. Finally, earnings season kicks off this week with Tesla telling the world just how much it made on Wednesday the 19th. The Detroit Bureau will be on the call that evening and bring you the results as well as anything important or informative that Elon talks about. Those are just a few of the stories we'll have this week. Now let's go to Larry Prince for a trip through automotive history. Larry? Thanks, Mike. Time to take a road trip back into the self-propelled past with this weekend automotive history. This week in 1916, the Nash Motor Company is established in Canosa, Wisconsin by former General Motors President Charles W. Nash after acquiring the Thomas B. Jeffrey Company. Nash would later merge with Galvanator Corporation, a manufacturer of appliances, in 1939 before merging with Hudson Motor Car Company in 1954 to become American Motors Corporation. AMC would be acquired by Chrysler Corporation in 1987. In 1949, the Playboy Motor Corporation of Buffalo, New York, files for bankruptcy. The three-passenger car is conceived by Lou Horowitz and is powered by a 35-horsepower flathead four-cylinder engine. Built from 1947 through 1949, its competition includes such other Lilliputians as American Bantam and Crosley. In 1964, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel opens, connecting Virginia's eastern shore to Virginia Beach. Spanning the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay, it's 17.65 miles long, making it the longest bridge tunnel structure in the world. In 1977, General Motors discontinues development of the Wankel rotary engine after seven years of work. The company said the engine did not, quote, demonstrate the potential for low emission levels and fuel economy equal to those of current reciprocating piston engines, end quote. GM pays $42 million in licensing rights and is believed to have spent millions more in research. In 2000, Daimler Chrysler introduces the Chrysler PT Cruiser, a five-door front-wheel drive hatchback originally designed for Plymouth. But the mark is dropped before the car's debut. In all, Chrysler sells 1.35 million units and becomes the object of GM's affection as it introduces its own imitation, the Chevrolet HHR, which proves far less popular. And that's the road we've traveled this week in automotive history. For TheDetroitBureau.com, I'm Larry Prince. Thanks, Larry, and that's it for now. You've been listening to TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein.